Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About Clutter. Today, we're gonna talk about how to declutter your home. Specifically, we're going to focus on eight mistakes to avoid to ensure that you're successful eliminating clutter from your home. The process of decluttering is not an easy one. We're all very different and your decluttering system has to match you, your lifestyle, your personality, and also your time frame, specifically how much time you can actually dedicate to decluttering spaces in your home. To achieve a clutter-free and organized home will take time. This is not something that's done in a day unless you have an army and you plan on going atomic. This requires that you develop and build new habits to sustain a clutter-free space. Oftentimes, we see beautiful pictures on Pinterest and on Instagram and on TikTok of all of these well-organized, beautiful areas and pantries and entryways, and we're like, oh my God, I want that. But the reality is that while that is aesthetically pleasing and beautiful, it might not necessarily function for you, your lifestyle, and your family. So while there is nothing wrong with admiring beautiful spaces, if you're holding that as something like you really, really want to achieve, but it's just not possible, it's going to discourage you from decluttering. You're going to lose motivation. You're going to lose momentum because it doesn't look the way that you want it to look. I can't say this enough, and that is that clutter-free is incredibly subjective. For example, I am not a minimalist by any means. Does that mean that I look at my home and I'm like, oh my God, I have so much clutter? Some people might look at my space and be like, why do you have photographs on your refrigerator? Why do you have paintings on your walls? Why do you have so many books or why do you have picture frames? I have all of that because I don't view it as clutter. It becomes clutter when you start to feel overwhelmed in your home, when it's stressing you out, when you experience anxiety, when it's tough to clean, when it never feels clean enough, right? When it really starts to impact your mental and your physical health. But ladies, clutter-free, tidy, organized is all subjective. So while we admire the beautiful photos that we look at, admire them, go ahead. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that is something that works and functions for you and your family. Especially if you have kids, having the expectation that your house will always be clean and tidy is quite frankly, ridiculous because it's not going to happen. The minute you all know if you have children, the minute you clean something up, your kids come home, it's going to get messy within 30 to 60 seconds. So again, have realistic expectations of what a clutter-free, clean and tidy home looks for you. If you're proud of your home, if it's beautiful, if you surround yourself with things that are not only practical, but things that bring you joy and make you happy, then that is not clutter. Don't force yourself to get rid of things that you enjoy surrounding yourself by. And that is a very controversial stance, right? A lot of folks have this perception of what clutter-free should look like. And some folks believe that it should be bare walls, minimal amount of furniture. And again, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what it means 
to you. So again, have before you even begin decluttering your home or areas of your home, have a realistic vision of what you want your space to look like. I actually really love um, having vision boards for this. I think that's really great. So you can have a vision board and you can kind of piecemeal images that you enjoy and that you love and that motivate you, right, for every single area of your home. And one day you will get there as long as that vision is realistic and you are not forcing yourself to get rid of things that make you happy. Next mistake to avoid is using a method of decluttering and home organization that's not a good fit for you. By now, you probably know there are tons of methods out there. There's Swedish death cleaning. There's the KonMori method. I mean, methods upon methods upon methods. One of these methods might work for you. And that is fantastic. But if you're trying out a decluttering method and you see, you find yourself getting stuck, instead of getting discouraged, understand that maybe that is not a method that works for you. Maybe you're not somebody that can declutter two hours. Maybe all you have is 10 minutes. And instead of, you know, doing an entire closet, you can only allot doing a drawer. That's totally fine. Maybe you're somebody who is very comfortable with the four box method. Maybe what works for you is to set timers. The point is you're not going to know what decluttering methodology works for you and how to declutter and like what that flow looks like until you actually start putting it into practice. But my point here is don't stick with a method that's giving you roadblocks. And when I say roadblocks, I I don't mean when you're decluttering and you encounter sentimental items, that is a roadblock that you're going to encounter regardless of what method you choose. But decluttering should be seamless. It should have a flow. So try out different methods and adapt the one that works for you. Also, sometimes you have to take pieces of different methods and make it your own. So there's a lot of things where it's like, do I start by room or do I start by category? Now, I am someone that sometimes I will go by room. So for example, if it's my bathroom because it's a smaller space, then I will go by room. If it's, let's say, clothing or closets, I might go by category. So all of our coats or all of our sweaters, it's whatever works for you. There is no right or wrong answer. So I want to make sure that you're alleviating that pressure that you have, especially if you're a perfectionist. So I'm talking to all of you perfectionists, right? There is no such thing as doing it the right way. Do it the way that works for you. Do it the way that you find the most efficient and the fastest. Number three is probably the most common mistake (laughs) that a lot of us make when we're trying to achieve a clean and tidy home, and that is having no system and or no schedule. So for any of you who, you know, work maybe in an office, maybe you use an Outlook calendar, right? You typically organize your workday in some way to ensure that all of your tasks get done. Well, decluttering is no different. This is why in my group coaching program, Clutter Management Academy, which by the way is starting in the fall and enrollment is open, I'll leave a link in the description. We start off by working on our decluttering blueprint from which we then make a decluttering plan. Now, some people are like, why waste the time creating a plan, walking around my space, identifying areas of clutter? 
it's not time wasted. If you invest the time in the beginning to use a decluttering blueprint, which essentially just means that you walk around your space and you write down and identify all the areas of clutter. Once you do that and then you identify areas of priority, you can then create a decluttering plan. And your decluttering plan is very, very simple. It boils down to where are you starting first, second, third, fourth, and fifth, followed by how long do you feel that each project will take, And then how much time do you have per day, per week, per month to dedicate to decluttering that area? It's very simple bullet points, easy to follow, especially if you're somebody who maybe has ADHD and you tend to get distracted a lot, or maybe even you're somebody who's a chronic procrastinator. Having a decluttering plan, having a system, having a schedule is going to keep you on track. And nothing is more satisfying than having direction, than having a goal, but more importantly, checking things off the list. So if you're going into this blind and you're just like, I'm just going to declutter a drawer here and then I might declutter a drawer here and then, you know, I'm doing maybe the fridge and then maybe I'm doing, you know, a night, you're kind of all over the place. And what ends up happening happening is you don't feel the progress, right? Because strategically, you're not starting and finishing a space. You don't feel the progress, which you don't see the progress, which means you are decreasing your motivation. And you're like, what's the point? There's so much, no matter how much I do, there's still a ton to do, right? I mean, that's a common mindset to have. And all of that can be eliminated by creating a schedule or a system for targeting your home and decluttering it successfully. A common question that I get is, well, how long does decluttering take? And that is a very, very silly question because I don't know. How much time do you have to declutter? (laughs) You know, if somebody is decluttering an hour a day, right, which a lot of my Facebook members are doing right now in our 30-day decluttering August challenge, but it depends. If all you have is 15 minutes a week, well, you're not going to declutter as fast as someone who is doing it an hour a day. It also depends on the size of your space. It also depends on the amount of clutter that you have. So it's a tricky question to ask. It will take however long it takes, and it's directly proportional to how much time you can dedicate to removing the clutter from your space. So this goes back to having also realistic expectations in that it might take you three months, it might take you six, it might take you a year, it might take you three years. But the point is, the you three years from now will thank the you today for starting. And having a decluttering plan or schedule will keep you on track. Number four, right? Avoid this mistake. And again, forgive me for this one. Some of you might not like it. And that is sponging, not doing. So I appreciate all of you who listen to my podcast. I appreciate you guys for following my YouTube channel. I love it. You know, you are my audience and I am so grateful um, for your views, for your support, for your comments. I also want to make sure that you are sponging and doing, meaning you're not somebody who's just consuming a lot of content, reading books, and this tends to happen with folks who are perfectionists because you want to learn how to do it just right. And like I mentioned earlier, there is no such thing as doing it the perfect way. So maybe you're someone who's reading books and watching videos and listening to podcasts and all this stuff, but you're not actually doing anything. So, so this is your reminder to roll up your sleeves 
and start decluttering because the clutter is not going to magically go away. So start messy, start small, start chaotic, start organized. It doesn't matter. The point is to start. You're not going to be able to identify your decluttering style or your organizational style or what it means to be functional and what works for you and your family until you actually start doing the work. So while it's great, you know, maybe you can have an inspirational decluttering or home organization video or podcast on in the background while you are pairing that with actually decluttering. And I promise you, and so many of my students say this all the time, they come into our program or our free Facebook group and they're like, Margo, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. My home has so much clutter. And once they start, the momentum is insane. They will go from decluttering one item a day to decluttering 20, 30, 40 items. Why? Because when you start, it is addicting and you don't want to stop until your home is clean, clutter-free, and tidy. All right, number five, the next decluttering mistake to avoid is having the mindset of the once and done approach. So once you've put in the effort, right? The energy, the time, maybe got other people involved. You're like, I decluttered my entire home and I will never have to declutter again. Oh yes, you will. (laughs) There is no such thing as declutter once and never declutter again. If you want to maintain a clutter-free space, you have to, like I mentioned in the beginning, develop decluttering habits that happened daily. For example, if you have kids, if you have small children, your children are growing out of clothing seasonally. That clothing needs to be decluttered constantly. Otherwise, what happens is you are accruing clutter. So you want to develop habits that sustain a clutter-free space. A lot of folks also will declutter the same area multiple times. So some of my students go completely atomic. (laughs) And maybe, I mean, to be fully honest, maybe get rid of a little too much and have some regrets, right? That is just, look, that is honest. I've also been guilty of this. There have been a few moments where like I got rid of something and then I kid you not, a week later, I was like, oh, shoot, I really needed this. Um, But the amount of items that that happens to is a very, very small percentage. So I wouldn't use that as an excuse, right? Or rather, a fear of holding on to more things than you need. Sometimes on this journey, we take a hit on an item. But oftentimes we declutter the first time and then, you know, maybe we declutter an entire space and it, look, it can it can be incredibly exhausting. And then three months later, we're like, mm, you know what? Maybe I need to declutter a little bit more. Maybe six months later or a year later. All that aside, though, you should still have habits in place for constant decluttering. Another great area of that requires repetitive, habitual decluttering is getting rid of paper clutter. Paper clutter, oh my God, it just brings its way into our home again and again and again and again. My daughter brings back tons of like homework stuff and writing assignments and, and you know, she does a lot of pictures and all of the stuff and like her bin right, will get out of hand so quickly. So if I am not on top of it, if we are not decluttering it at least once a month, I will be drowning in paper clutter. So if your mindset is once and done, that is just not true. But the good news is that when you get rid of a lot of stuff, 
typically you're not going to invest the same amount of time you did in the beginning to declutter. So you can declutter an area now in 60 seconds, two minutes, five minutes, as long as habits are there in place consistently. All right, next one. So this is a, <laughs> this is a very common decluttering mistake and it's leaving stuff in your home in bags and boxes. So after you've decluttered, you are allowing the stuff that's going to either trash, recycling, or donation to continue to sit in your home. And especially, ladies, if you are someone who has a very hard time letting go and you have to summon up a lot of courage and energy to get rid of things, the worst thing you can do is allow that stuff to sit in your space. Number one, you've just shifted clutter from one place to the other. Number two, you are going to be tempted to rethink and question your decision. And you might be somebody who is tempted to open up the bags and the boxes and start taking things out and deciding to keep them. Once you have made the decision to get rid of the items, again, donate, trash, recycle, get them out as quickly as possible. A great hack also, by the way, when you're, put, when you're setting things aside to declutter, Put them in black garbage bags. Do not keep them in bags that are see-through because again, visually, you're going to be tempted to take items out. So have, have a system in place to get rid of these items as quickly as possible. If you know you're going to be declutter, if you know you're going to be donating a lot, make sure you know what agency you will be using. Is it drop-off? Is it pickup? If it's pickup, schedule a time right away, but get these items out of your home ASAP. All right, next one is when you declutter with the, and I think a lot of you can relate, in case of emergency mindset. This is incredibly common. A lot of times we will hold on to clutter because we think we will need it in the future, a year from now, two years, three years from now. And that time just never comes. Now, there are certain items that, of course, hold on to for in case of emergency items, but this really becomes a problem when you are assigning that to too many items, right? And you're holding on to like eight flashlights or you're holding on to, you know, jackets and articles of clothing that you think you might need in case of emergency. And I want you to be realistic with yourself. What kind of emergency are you expecting to happen? Are you preparing for a zombie apocalypse? What is it that's going to happen that justifies keeping these items? And also ask yourself, what, what are the chances that this emergency might actually take place? So again, I, I'm all for having like an emergency preparedness bag. Like I think that's great. Or having extra cans, you know, in your cubbies. But it really is a problem where you're not parting with items that are actually clutter and you're utilizing the excuse of, I will need this one day. One thing that has worked for some people is to, in this case, use the 2020 rule. So basically, get rid of the item if the item can be replaced in under $20 and in under 20 minutes. So if an emergency does come up and you happen to have gotten rid of the item and four years from now you're like oh shoot I need it if you can replace it in under 20 minutes and it costs under $20 then maybe it makes sense to let it go and should an emergency come up you will then repurchase it again and finally and this is so common and that is this is a huge huge 
mistake, and this happens when I work with some clients, and that is to continue to buy unnecessary items. The rule of thumb is more should always go out of your home than back into your home. That is how you maintain a clutter-free, clean, and tidy space. So it's not just about decluttering. It's not just about good functional organization, but it's about maintaining. And one of the best ways to maintain is to be very intentional about your purchases. Be very intentional about what you bring in to your home. So if you just decluttered 32 mugs, that does not mean that you should go and purchase additional mugs. If you need it, that's different right? If one broke, that's different. But in general, be mindful about your purchases. The last thing you want to do is declutter, right? Get rid of things, have all of this extra space, and now you're trying to refill the space. Now, if this is something that's happened to you, I want to let you know that that is totally normal. And a lot of folks are very, very guilty of this. But you want to be aware and mindful about your shopping habit. So you could do things like don't shop unless you have a shopping list. If it's not on the list, don't get it. If there is just like an item where you're like, oh, you know what? I think I really want it, but it wasn't on the list. Think twice about it. Maybe go home. And if you still feel like you need it the next day, then go out and purchase it. Also stay away from like the sales attraction, right? We walk into Target. The first thing they show is like sales bins, $1, $5, $3, whatnot, right? Walk away walk away, walk past it, unless there is an item on your shopping list that you need. And another thing I just wanted to mention is that it's much more fun when we don't do it alone. So if you have roommates or family members, you know, kids, partners, etc., take all the help that you can get, right? The decluttering journey moves so much quicker when other people are on board and are helping you. Also, when other members of the home help you, they they too are now invested in maintaining a clean and tidy space. Because if you were the one that did it, then it almost gets taken for granted because they don't have an awareness of just how much effort and time and energy went into you know, getting the home to look the way that it does. So as much as you can, try to get other family members or other folks in your home to help in eliminating your home of clutter. I hope you found this helpful. Thank you so much for listening. As always, good luck on your decluttering journey and always remember to be good to yourselves.